Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast live from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. I'm joined by Mary. And you are here to talk about something it. you're obviously dressed up for, It Chapter 2. Yes. So, preface for anybody who doesn't know about It, where the fuck were you last <laughs> uh, two years ago in right. September? Um, the sequel to Annie Machete's uh, It uh, Chapter 1. It's... It's amazing how this story has revitalized itself because it started out, obviously, as the book, Stephen King, Thousand Pages, controversial material, and then it blows up into a miniseries directed by Tommy Lee Wallace and starring Tim Curry, and now, years later, we get an adaptation that fans seem to love the most. Were you a fan of Stephen King and the books growing up, and, like, and that's why you're kind of into it, or is it the movie itself? Well, I wasn't allowed to read the book. Obviously, I was um, when the miniseries came out. I was like one years old, maybe. Right. So, and my mom actually showed us the miniseries because my mom was kind of one of those that like we we were raised on horror. So like, for me, scary is like. Have you seen that new HBO show Chernobyl? Um, I haven't. I've heard about it. That's scary to me. Horror movies. I can handle Freddy. I can handle Pennywise. I can handle all of those guys. Radiation melting your face off, that's scary to Plague, me. <laughs> plagues of all kinds. Oh, yeah. 28 Days Later is probably not. Oh, God, that's yeah. horrible. I, I, that movie, ooh. <laughs> but, I, yeah. It, um, we, have a, we have a debate on our show other whether or not it's a zombie movie or a plague movie. And our, um, our host, uh, Ryan, says that it's a plague movie because they're not zombies. But I don't know. I think you could take it either way. Either way, they're scaring the crap out of me and they got their flesh falling off. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is that I saw the miniseries when I was like seven years old mm-hmm. and honestly, I was not scared. I was, I was like, it's a clown. He looks like he'd be fun to hang out with <laughs> until the teeth come out. But, um, 
Actually, after that movie ended, we were, me and my brothers and I, we wanted to go find Pennywise and kick his ass. So <laughs> we literally went out and we we're like looking around in like these things that look like sewer openings, but they're not. They're like water drains or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically, it's funny because when I saw the new adaptation by Andy Muschietti, I was 27. So it's 27 years later. Yeah. So it's literally, it has been in my life since basically I was a child. The moment I saw it, I knew about it. And like, I think that there's something, not only is it just the scare factor that I think draws people into it, I think it's seeing yourself in the characters. As I am dressed as, I am dressed as gender bent Eddie Casprex. So I guess my name be like Edie or something. But, um, and what is the costume? Sorry, one more time on the costume. Is it? Oh, it's gender bent Eddie Casprack. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I have my gazebos and everything. They're Mike and Ike's, but yeah. you know. That was my favorite line in the in the in the new adaptation. He's like, "This is just gazebos." And he throws belts at mom. <laughs> Did you know actually, Jack Dylan Grazer, the guy who played Eddie, he yeah. messed up that line and they kept that in. That was not written. That that's, was basically Adler. That's that's a good decision to keep that in if that's the case. And I like that kid in uh, Shazam too. He's, He's really amazing. talented. He's amazing. He's wonderful. going places. He has one of the funniest lines in Shazam too about oh like being God. a foster kid and scaring them. And he and he goes off the walls in that movie. But oh my God, yeah. with it, what is it especially like outside of the things you just mentioned? Like, what's the like primal reason like why it resonates with you? I hear a lot of Stephen King fans have different reasons for liking certain titles over others. Like, what is it for It that really does It? I think that with It, it's a, a lot of things. And this is like turning into an Abbott and Costello sketch at this point, saying It too much. But um, <laughs> I think that it's a lot of things. And really, there are so many pieces to this story. And also, I think that anybody can connect with having a bad childhood. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people have had horrible abuse and you've got you know beverly who's assaulted sexually by her father and you've mm -hmm. got eddie who's got munchausen's by proxy going on at home the denbros basically act like bill doesn't exist because georgie died you know you've got all these kids and they've got horrible things and i think one of the most powerful things about that story though is if you realize that and i'm stealing this from a person i saw on youtube i just can't remember their name i i don't know who it was but they said the most brilliant thing about it is, if you think about it, it is these adults returning, even though they're very scared, they don't know what they're getting into, but it is them putting their foot down saying, we are going to end this abuse to the kids of Derry. We want them to grow up with a good childhood. Our childhood was horrible and was ruined. You know, we went through a lot. I mean, to be honest, all of them should be in therapy. Right. But, um, you know, it's them saying that we're not going to stand by and let abuse happen to others. Which is, a, which is a subject that has... It's funny that it came out about a month or two before a lot of stuff broke out in Hollywood, let alone how it's blossomed into a wonderful discussion point that has, frankly, been like tamped down way too often for far too long. And the idea for me when I saw it, the Beverly character sticks out a lot. And I think also, like, Eddie definitely has this. A lot of these characters have a sense of abuse whether from a parental figure or from another figure outside of that family sphere that creates the trauma that then affects you later in life i didn't watch the miniseries or read the book until after the movie the first new <laughs> movie that came out so i'm very much a newbie on it 
Um, but re- when I watched the miniseries and got the whole story, essentially, the the thing that stuck out to me was how each of those characters had let some form of their past abuse kind of dictate where they went into the future at that point. Uh, Beverly being the obvious example, but I think you also kind of look at Stanley a little bit and his yeah. his whole situation and how we'll... I mean, if you, spoilers for anybody who hasn't <laughs> seen or spoilers. read it. Stanley does not get to join the group in adventures in the second one. He go, he goes pretty quick, um, but and and I think Mike Mike's story is interesting, and I'm yeah. curious to see how they do it in this new one because I hear that he's not going to be completely all together there in the in the sense of like I've heard drug use is a, is one that's been mentioned as part of the, the 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 character element, but again, this is just hearsay. Well, I think that. I, I would bet that all of them honestly have had substance abuses in a way or another because people use substance abuse as like a numbing agent. Yep. I can see them being, you know, very heavy drinkers or something like that. Or, you know, Eddie with the medications, who knows? Maybe he's deciding to take a little gazebo here and there to <laughs> numb that pain. Um, but, yeah, also, I, you know what I really wonder is if they're going to do the whole uh, Myra Kasparak thing. You know, he gets married yeah. to a woman who's basically his mom. My theory is that he's actually a closeted gay guy, to be honest. I think it'd be interesting if they went into that area. And it's been noted that King doesn't care necessarily what you do with the story as long as it sticks to the essential core. So that would be a change that I'd be down with personally. Well, yeah, and I, I just think that there's a lot there. In fact, actually, there's like little hints there, in, in the especially in the new movie. Um, if you look on like the side of his pants, mm-hmm. those little shorts he wears, there's a rainbow on them. Yeah. And then when Pennywise greets him, this is only with him for some reason, he makes the balloons in a triangle formation. And you see, back in World War II, the symbol for a homosexual man on his thing was a pink triangle. Right. So I think there's a lot of there, you know, because they put that stuff in there. You know, it's not just, I mean, like, if you look in Beverly's room, because I've watched this like 2,000 times or something. (laughs) If you look in Beverly's room, there actually is a, uh, like, the, not the princess and the frog, what would it be? Like the frog prince, you know, kissing to bring somebody back to life. So it kind of you know, alluded to Ben having to kiss her and right. even though that wasn't in the book and let's not go into what happens in the book with Beverly <laughs> and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's 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 an element of the story that I was not aware of when I went into the first movie and then heard about that and was like, glad we didn't see that. It was yeah. perfect. Um, right. and, but I mean, with all due respect to Stephen King, this is what happens when you do cocaine in the 80s. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the turtle god in outer space kind of was a huge clue that we I'm down with the turtle. I'm not down with the other thing. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, like, and again, if you are going into the cosmic being aspect of it, which it wouldn't surprise me if they did it. I just want to know how they're going to do it. I think the TV movie has a hard time translating those ideas exactly the way they need to. Well, I mean, you look at the, the it was on freaking daytime or night, primetime television, so they had really big, really big restrictions, although they said the N-word. I was like, you, can sh- you can't really show people dying, but you can say the N-word a lot. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, the, the television in the 90s was, we're, we're getting better, I hope. Um, Slowly. Yeah, unfortunately. But so, um, so 
my, my, and I like that you're bringing up the imagery um, within it because um, Andy Muschietti was a director who was kind of like shepherded along by Guillermo del Toro with a movie called Mama, which yeah. had Jessica Chastain in oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, and he went through a, the, the, the foreign language ringer as well with other films prior to that. Like, he's the, the best horror directors tend to be the ones who are able to incorporate that imagery without beating you over the head with it necessarily. Like, it's, it's, it's very subtle imagery. Um, like, I think Jordan Peele's doing it well nowadays, and other oh, directors yeah. d- very much know how to weave that into their storytelling. Um, with it, I think what's fascinating is transplanting it, transplanting it to the 80s, for one, but two, kind of really fudging along with the history and stuff. Uh, the trailer that came out for Chapter 2, I felt had a lot, had a very interesting way of kind of expanding on Pennywise as a as an idea and as a concept and like how it latches on to that clown idea. Um, my bigger concern with the new one is honestly going to be that they're going to be able to balance any new kid footage that they shot because I heard that they had shot it. Ben we- Wolfhart's gotten so tall. I don't know how the hell they're going to CGI his legs off or something. <laughs> I mean, he's literally the tallest loser now, I swear. Yeah, and it's, and I, I mean, like, I don't know. I think you could, like, I mean, you could digitize it and whatnot, but I think they need to keep it to the adults at this point. I um, agree. It's 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 a it's a it's a trick. It's a dicey proposition because you do have to have them at some point to shepherd people in who aren't familiar with how this story is supposed to go. It is. What what is the thing you're looking forward to the most as an it fan to see in the new version? I know this sounds really messed up, but I read the book mm-hmm. and. I personally am kind of excited in a weird way because it's going to make me cry and probably cringe a little, but the death of Adrian Mellon because Mm. he was a titular character in the beginning of the book and also he's also a kind of a call out to Eddie as well, Yeah. but he's based off the real life Charlie Howard who was killed in Bangor, Maine back in the 80s. for being gay, yes. Yeah, and so and Xavier Dolan's playing the uh, playing the character in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, a noted director um, of his own interesting films. Um, the what I found interesting is like they describe the imagery of it. Now, mm-hmm. since I'm not familiar with the book, it does it actually have like that death happening followed by balloons just emerging from the bridge. Well, in the book, basically what happens is Adrian is beat up, and so is Don, Don Hargerty, his boyfriend. Right. Both beat up by three homophobic teens who see him wearing an I Heart Dairy hat, and they decide to throw him over the bridge. Throwing him over the bridge, oh, sorry, didn't mean to hit that. Um, Throwing him over the bridge does not kill him. I think he, like, breaks his leg or something, and he's struggling around trying to get out of the water and stuff. And Pennywise just is right there at the waiting and he takes i believe a massive bite out of either like the armpit like arm area or the throat area Mm -hmm. and so he basically dies that way and actually the bullies actually even witness this and they're just kind of like you know in shock which would which would make sense now based off of how they took care of georgie at the beginning of the first one oh Um, yeah (laughs) because i the one thing like I, the only thing I knew about the miniseries prior to that movie was the sewer, the floating scene, and him getting dragged down. But I, but when they showed that, they showed this teaser before some horror films prior to it, and it was just that full scene. Yeah. And I was shocked by how intense it was. Oh, it was, it was no, expanding Sarsgar's mouth like that. It's ridiculous. I, I love I it. I know. Well, it, and also they really just 
I mean, showing the poor child crying, <laughs> crawling away with a stump of an arm. I, I was mean, a, I was like two months from becoming an uncle when that <laughs> scene came out, and I was, I was like, no, no, stop showing this. I actually cried on that. Yeah. I did not think it would get me to cry. I mean, I am one of those people, it is so hard to get me to cry. I don't cry usually like at every Pixar movie and every Disney movie and all that stuff. It takes a lot to make me cry. And I went into this, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be it. I know from the miniseries. And then I see this cute little adorable boy, uh, Jackson Robert Scott, who played Georgie. And I'm just like, oh, my God, he's, he's like sunshine in a little person. <laughs> Don't let him go outside. He's going to die. I can't handle it. So as scary as the films are, though, there's a lot of humor. And it's Stephen King, so there is humor naturally, like, Funniest moment for you in the movie? Oh, God. Uh, the one that exists, like the first one right now. Oh, boy. Well, I, yeah, because I don't see into the future. I can't see what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm hoping Bill, <laughs> Bill Hader brings his A game, you know? <laughs> um, oh, man. Well, you like the gazebos line, but honestly, I just love um, mostly just Eddie and Richie's just riffing back at each other. And I think one of my favorites is when he says it's gray water and then he's like what's gray water and he's like it's basically piss and shit and i'm just telling you and then uh the the richie picks it up and he does one of his voices and he's like doesn't smell like caca to me senor and then like <laughs> that face that finn wolfhart gets when he grabs like this clothing that's been left in the drain and he's like so happy he's gonna throw it at him and he screams like a little girl i'm just like oh my god these kids. Their interactions are lovely. My favorite is a silent moment, um, and it calls back a joke between um, uh, Beverly and um, uh, Bill. Oh, not Bill. No, Ben. Uh, ben. Yeah. yeah. No. It's it's it's. They're in Ben's house. He's going to show them the photos of Derry. She closes oh, the God. door. And sees the new kids on the block poster and then just promises to be quiet about it. Oh, yeah. It was, like, both the most funniest and most touching thing I had seen. Which was, like, ah, I can't. It, it, I mean, if I had to anticipate anything for part two, is like, obviously, they're going to get together. My thing is, is that as long as I don't see them repeat Tim Curry's Kiss Me Fat Boy moment, I think I'll be okay. That's a great moment. That is. In that movie. <laughs> I don't know how it would work in the new universe. Well, actually, I think I have a pretty good way because there's a lot of people, including me, who kind of ship Eddie and Richie together a little because they just, if you read the book, they yeah. definitely have something. It's like there, but they're not speaking about it because, I mean, they live in the 50s. Right. You come out as gay then, they'll, they'll just cart your ass off to the sanatorium. You'll be gone for life. Right. But, um... I think that they could easily have a way to establish that underlying thing and also not have it be canon because Pennywise, you know, can tap into everyone's minds. So mm -hmm. maybe he knows about this. Maybe, like, after, you know, Stan doesn't make it, um, maybe he comes looking like Richie to Eddie and then, you know, like, they kiss or something and then he starts turning into him and he, like you know what I think would be really cool though is like if he's kissing him and then he goes to put his hand on his face and like some of the skin comes off and he's like and then it's like the leper and then it's the <laughs> clown and then he has to run away I think that'd be a brilliant just break scene. down the layers of the different things yeah um, well that's it's a lot to process and we only have about I think of the last beam post I saw was 100 days so now we've got like 97 it's days it's actually to go. Like 97 days yeah yeah so 97 days until it chapter 2 comes out so ready yeah. so well Mary ready. thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us about your passion for the movie It oh, thank um, you and do you have any do you have anything to plug or just to move to see It <laughs> um just well 
definitely go see it. Definitely. And also, uh, I'd say also check out Stranger Things on yep. this summer on oh, Netflix. Yeah. And um, drink some new Coke while you do it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I'll be able to get my hands on that though. What? They're selling them online. They're not selling them in store. What? I mean, it's been hard enough to get the hands on the Spider-Man Dark Berry right now. So you know. my, one of our co-hosts splurged on some new Coke that we're supposed to get in for a tasting. So oh my god! I told him it was dumb, but he was just like, "No, we're doing it." <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I can. I guess I can plug my uh, my Instagram, which is where I just talk about everything. I mean, it is Fearless Astrid Hofferson is what my Instagram is, but um, I just I, I also do it, and I think I do. Yeah, I do dragons. I actually, when the first movie came out on DVD, I actually made little gingerbread cookies, and they look like Georgie with broken off arms. Aww. Yeah. So. <laughs> All about it. My my little sister actually dressed up as Pennywise too. We're we're just basically a family that's all into horror and stuff. So it's perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Mary, once again. This has been Zach talking with Mary about the movie It Chapter Two and It Chapter One and all things It. Yeah. Um, at Real Nerds Podcast Booth live at Denver Comic Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. They changed that name. We're yeah, good. I know, right? <laughs> this has been another Real Nerds Podcast interview from Denver Pop Culture Con 2019. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Neighborless Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.